Welcome to Femboldened, a podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bold within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, women's empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and medicine of our fellow sisters to energize you into living your bold. The question is, are you ready? Let's get started. Emboldened. Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to today's episode with Kate Robinson. She's the founder of Wild Birch Wellness, helping women transform tired, uninspiring outdoor and indoor areas into the space of their dreams. She's your co-pilot in creating opportunities to experience the childlike wonder of getting your hands in the soil and sense of accomplishment, confidence, and joy of creating with your own two hands. As a seasonal landscape designer and national board certified health and wellness coach, her signature process healing space is the culmination of her life's work. Healing space invites a shift, renewing your energy through creating the beautiful sanctuary you crave. Welcome, Kate. How are you today? I'm good. The sun's shining and I've been out in the garden, so I'm good. Yeah, it's been a long winter in the Northeast. Yeah. And add COVID on top of that. It's been an extra long winter. Where are you dialing in from? I am at the base of Smuggler's Notch in Vermont. So about an hour north of Burlington, like just over the mountain from Stowe. Yeah, I have the opportunity to be living in the most beautiful mountain space and tons of gardening space and... I wish I could show it to you. <laughs> no. Yeah, it really is such a beautiful healing sanctuary that you have. There's some sort of energetic magic in the soil around you. We've talked about that before. I'm curious. I love this question. I'm curious to know what's alive for you today. What kind of thoughts or shifts or realizations, breakthroughs occurred in your awareness today? Oh, that's a loaded question. Oh, it is. <laughs> I got a lot going on over here. Um, so completely uh, true to my my practice, I am in the process of clearing space to welcome in new opportunities. Um, so physical space on on the property that um, Wild Birch Wellness stands on, and because it's also family space that's stirring up lots of kind of stuff there. So what's keep or what's alive in me today is letting go um, a -hmm. lot of letting go and just kind of being with where I'm at right now. It's a, it, Clearing space and transitions are are kind of ups and downs for everyone. So just really being present with where I'm at and giving giving other people the the space to be where they're at too. I love that. I love the uh, reflection of working on your family's land. Mm-hmm equating being equivalent being directly linked to working on ancestral wounding patterning I think that's what you were alluding to there spot on there's there's a lot of that um (laughs) in the present moment and also you know like the the patterning that is is present in the generation before me and and that a previous too um which is is also really the reason why I created Healing Space. So I came from kind of two um, two lineages, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, one of scarcity and um, a lot of traumas that 
made it always feel like you, the other shoe was going to drop. Um, and then this other lineage that clear space and opening to possibility and challenging yourself in a way that is more for you um, than for others. So going through this big process on, on my family's property to be able to create for wild birch wellness and, and for whatever comes in the future is, is really interesting. And it's more on a subconscious level. It's not necessarily what I'm thinking um, while I'm doing this process. It's, it's more on a physical and, and emotional level, which is exciting but unnerving a little bit um and yeah I'm I'm just really excited because after that comes the fun stuff and lots of planting and and creating um creating that that growth that I crave and that my family also craves but may need a little guidance on on achieving Mm, that's beautiful it gets gives me the chills to think okay here I put the intention that I don't have to work on these two very big things in two separate times. I, they can be overlapped. It's almost like you cast a spell on your intention to, while I work on my land, while I, while I cultivate the soil, I'm actually nourishing my family's healing as well. And like you said, it was on a subconscious level. There was no no effort really to to have, okay, well, let's sit down and have a family meeting and talk about A through C so then we can move on through D. No, it was just this intention of as I put my hands in the soil, I'm putting my heart in my family's healing as well. And that's oh, so amazing. I, I really like the way you say that because it's really, I mean, when, when we were talking about this, you and I, eight months ago or more, um, that was kind of when I was really starting to have that awareness. And now I've like ripped off this bandaid of a big step and I'm kind of going into it like might rock some boats, but to be able to see change, you know, we've got to move out of our comfort zones. And, and mm-hmm. if we keep staying in this patterning, it's not going to make anything better for anyone else. And, you know, that can be on, on whatever level in the moment, but the act of clearing physical space, um, especially this one after being, finding my own way between these two lineages and finding the balance. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to reflect in like a month or so after this, this big step once, once things are kind of in the flow a little bit. Mm, and I would love to hear that reflection too. <laughs> let me know. So I, I failed to mention to our listeners that Kate and I have known each other for more than two hands worth of years. <laughs> Can yeah. you tell I have a five month, so almost six months. <laughs> what is it? 12, 12 going on 13 years. I think I'm doing the math, right? We met our freshman year of college. We were on the same floor in South hall and, um, you know, I think we parted ways after you, you transitioned to another, another college and we, re- re- we rekindled our friendship. Thank you. Instagram <laughs> a couple of years ago. And Kate was one of the very first beautiful souls to enter my one-on-one container. Um, and to have witnessed her transformation is nothing <laughs> short of extraordinary. Uh, and I'm, I'm really excited to have you here to really, I don't, I don't want to say pull back the curtain on what that transformation was like for you at the ups, the downs, all the fun stuff. And maybe perhaps the not so fun stuff for those people who are listening and thinking, Oh gosh, I'm kind of in that situation Kate was in and I don't know where to go from here. I know where I want to go from here, but I don't know if I can handle it or I'm afraid of what it looks like. So you had mentioned this lineage of scarcity and this lineage of people pleasing. Mm-hmm. If, if I wanted to make sure I miss, I, I understood you correctly. What did each of those look like for you? Oh, it was so, it's been so present in so many different ways. And, and I think one of the, 
Well, I tell everybody this, that I, I tell, I know you and we've known each other for a long time. We both, when we first met, were like, I don't know. I like, we both, I mean, we were freshmen in college. Like it's such a, such a raw time and such a weird time. And I had like convinced myself I wanted to go back to New York. I was, I was born in New York. Most of my family is still there. It's going to go to school in New York. And I, I very honestly didn't ever feel at home there um, in, in college, my freshman year in college, but you, your presence was like, so I like li- literally didn't even have to say words to you. Like we'd be passing in the hall and just like, it was a nod and I was like, Oh, I feel seen. Um, so it's really fun to be able to like full circle more than two hands later, um, <laughs> have this conversation, um, because we both didn't go for the, like, we both didn't go into the field that we first were like, yes, freshman year in college, we're doing this. Um, and quite honestly, I chose that profession um, or intention to be in that profession out of a space of scarcity and people pleasing. Mm-hmm. Both of my parents are in healthcare. Um, and you were you're an occupational therapist major at first too, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So we were both in the same program at first. Yeah. So I went into it being like, well. Um, backstory, my older brother has cerebral palsy. And I told my family when I was five that I was put on the earth to take care of him. So if that's not a sign Mm. of people pleasing and like um, equating your self-worth with caring for others, I don't know what is. Um, So then fast forward to being Seven, I was I was two weeks over 18 when I went to college. Um, my birthday's in August. And I really had no idea what I wanted to do. And it was scary. Like you're told you're supposed to know what you want to do. So I had this inherent ability to connect with and support people with disabilities and just people who who struggled or who, you know, weren't the, I don't know, the, the bubbly, like just people, people like gravitated towards me. Um, so naturally a health, uh, helping profession, um, came into play and my parents always reminded me that healthcare will always have jobs, which is truer than ever, um, or a need for people to fill jobs. And I was like, okay, well, I can help people with physical disabilities or cognitive disabilities, occupational therapy, because I didn't want to be a nurse um, like my mom. And I didn't want to be a pharmacist like my dad. Those two things I knew I didn't want to do. Funny enough, after my first semester, I decided I was going to go into nursing. (laughs) And then I did not took a year off after that (laughs) and completely pivoted, but yeah, I, I went into that program only seeing ways that I could help other people, not necessarily seeing what I wanted to do or what I, what my passion was. Um, and then, yeah, after I left Utica, I, that kind of like scarcity mindset was present um, really when I, when I stepped away because I, I felt like, Oh, well, because I'm not in that healthcare track, I no longer relate to these people or they no longer relate to me or they wouldn't want, they wouldn't be interested um, in what I was doing. And so I kind of, um, Yeah, I took a year that had ups and downs, but I came home. I came home to this physical space that I'm in now. Um, And funny enough, 
uh, that year was like very rocky in my, in my family dynamic with me, um, telling two people in healthcare that I was going to take a year off and maybe didn't want to do anything in healthcare was, you know, exciting. Um, but I spent the year landscaping and then I decided that I was going to go to the university of Vermont for sustainable horticulture. And I loved it. I, had some classes that I was like, oh, I never want to learn about grass again. Like, I don't care (laughs) about how to manage grass, like more flowers, please. Um, But I had so many classes that A, got me outside. That was a big thing. I was like, I can't be in a hospital setting. I can't be in an office setting that it doesn't work for me. Um, So I guess that was the first step in me starting to pivot from that people pleasing. Um, mindset. But then I, that scarcity mindset came in. So as I was moving through my classes and trying to figure out what I wanted my career to look like, I knew I really enjoyed being creative. And I know I really enjoyed being outside and actually installing the plants. I loved that like full transformation. Um, yeah, there's like nothing better than like, it's like a blank canvas and then you get to see this all pieced together. And then at the end, this like beautiful finishing touch. Um, and I was reminded a lot by my family that you live in Vermont. So landscaping is very seasonal. Um, and it's, not a job that necessarily typically has benefits and, you know, things like that. Again, that scarcity mindset coming in. Um, And then let's see. So I, I ended up working for the biggest grower in the state for four years and I learned the most I'd ever like, Oh my gosh, it was just like heaven to me to walk through the greenhouses every day. And I really began to, um, come into my own, like in a sense with my confidence in my skill, um, because working with those plants every day, working with customers every day, I had to know the growing conditions. I had to know how all of these plants work together. How do you design this pot that the person didn't bring in, you know, by them describing it. So that was really fun for me. And I really liked the hustle. Um, but the majority of the time I was working six days a week and 60, 70 hours a week, um, if not more. And I wasn't doing the design piece. There wasn't enough creativity. So then after I graduated, I took this job for the biggest landscaper in the state. And that was really cool. Um, and then I got hurt. My off-season job, I got hurt. And that's when everything shifted. I kind of, I felt like I I was 24 and I was like, I'm having a quarter, quarter century crisis, like, or quarter life crisis because I had just graduated. I finally did the thing that I wanted to do. And then I got hurt and my doctor, thankfully, I, I'm so glad that he was honest with me. Um, And I think it was one of the first times that I felt like I was really seen by a physician. Um, But he was like, you, you can continue with your landscaping and the crazy hours and the hard on your body work. Um, But you're likely to have arthritis by the time you're 40. And that freaked me out. I was like, I'm 24. Like that's not that long away. I want to be able to function and do the gardening and the skiing and the traveling and all of the things that I love to do well beyond 40. So I had to really, yeah, it was a big pivot. I had to, I mean, I was in PT for a year. Luckily I didn't have to have surgery or anything like that. And it wasn't a huge injury, but it gave me an opportunity when so side note, I, I was living in a ski town. I was living in, um, at Smugs or outside of Smugs. Um, and again, that culture is burn the candle at both ends. So when this all happened, I had a series of events that woke me up to being more intentional with my body because I 
I want to be able to live life to the fullest. And if my physical body can't do that because of something, a decision I made previously, I'd be really disappointed. Mm-hmm. So I was in PT for a year. Then I did my yoga certification um, to continue that physical piece, but also I was searching for more. I wanted to, I, I really always have been so close to the wellness and health world. Um, I mean, I, I know so much just from growing up with my, my family's influence, but also that's just eating well, things like that have always been ingrained in me. I think growing up in Vermont has a lot to do with that. And I'm really blessed to have that background. Um, and I also worked in a restaurant for over 10 years um, that really focused on fresh food and locally sourcing and building relationships um, and the power that uh, coming together over a meal has. So during this time, it was like this super awkward, I had no idea where I was going, but I knew I needed to incorporate wellness and I needed to incorporate food. And so my years of growing food and helping do these designs with edible landscapes and all of that. Um, Fast forward three years, I did my health coaching certification and that's when it all clicked. I did the um, Duke Integrative Health Coaching Program and I was like, these are all of the, the tools for communicating with people that I need. I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm not, yes, I have expertise, but I'm not the expert on your life. And I think that in and of itself was one of the biggest gifts to myself, that realization, because everyone else had always played expert on my life. Mm. And for the first time in my life, because I in this program, you're also being coached right along. Um, I realized how much power I had. And so then I took the next three years to really start practicing coaching. And for a year and a half, I was in shockingly enough, primary care, um, at the hospital where both of my parents worked for many years. Um, And I was really reluctant to take that job because I felt like I was um, giving in. But then I, as I, I realized through all of the things that occurred in that job that um, I, I was fighting the system again. I've been fighting the system my whole life. And while oh my God, I loved all of my patients and I had a wonderful group of people that I got to work with. There was so much policy and there was all of these things. Um, And then COVID hit and my job went away. I ended up being um, screening people for COVID symptoms coming into the hospital. And there was a lot of things going on in the hospital that led to layoffs too. And so I had an opportunity to risk having a job um, and say, okay, I'm going to stay and maybe you'll keep me um, even though I'm not doing what I should be doing or take the leap and do what I've always intended way back since I went to UVM is to have my own business and to incorporate plants into this wellness practice. So that was last, geez, I think I signed my, my parting notice, like exactly a year ago today, maybe not. Oh my gosh. Right around this time. Um, Yeah. So last year at the end of May, I took the big leap and that was the most thrilling like choice I I vividly remember I think I mean it had to do with a lot of just the stuff that brought up COVID (laughs) um but I walked out with complete confidence in my choice and the fact that I was gonna 
prove to everyone that this approach that I have that's unique. And it wasn't, I guess it's not proof is, is not the right word. Um, I was going to run with it. I saw how just my little tastes that I could give people were helping them. And that gave me the fuel to take that big leap. And quite honestly, seeing that the system doesn't work. This, the healthcare system is broken. And I think that there are amazing providers. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of amazing people. But, I mean, it's kind of like our society. <laughs> We're all a little broken right now. We're cracking open and the light needs to be shy, uh, shining on those dark spots. And I decided to be the light. And I said my piece and stood up for what I believed in. And I also knew when it was my time to walk away. And ever since I've been focusing on my, my signature process and really running with it, like really having a lot of fun with it. And I'm so grateful to be able to be back on my parents' land to navigate this this step, um, this big leap in my life. Last year at this time, there was a lot of emotion around that sentence <laughs> that I just said. <laughs> um, but now to be almost exactly a year later, um, I'm really at peace with where I am in the process. I feel like for the most part, there's a lot of balance um, in what I'm giving to my family and what I am creating for myself. I also feel that way in my relationships. Um, and it's all been because of the ability to work with the land and to create beautiful spaces um, inside and out. I'm so in love with that story. I think that's the first time I heard it from beginning to end. and. I wholeheartedly enjoyed the journey through it. And I don't know if you realize this, but you did one hell of a job highlighting the fact that life's unpredictable, sometimes, oftentimes painful moments are actually steering you in the right direction. Yeah. So now being in this, weird phase of clearing that that doesn't belong to me um but also the energy that is stagnating here um is another one of those like oh, i don't know i don't know what where it's taken me but i i can say that i i am tr i can trust the process and i trust myself mm. which from our work together is amazing. Um, that was one of my my number one goals is to be able to trust myself. When you have been pleasing people your whole life and when you are the younger sister of someone who has high needs, that that, that like doesn't that mindset doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And so I really had to it's like the weakest muscle and I had to really work to strengthen that. And so now to be setting boundaries and saying the things with confidence um, and taking all the steps for me, like this as much, it, this is as much um, for me and my family as it is for my business. And that feels really good. I'm not sacrificing my business and my purpose and my passion for their needs. There's right now there's cohesion. <laughs> mm. Yeah. And, and on our path of healing, it's not always cohesive. Right. I'm really curious. You mentioned something just minutes ago that I'd love to know more about. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure my listeners would love to know all about too. You had mentioned the ability to discern what is not yours. What does that, like how do you know? 
<laughs> How do you not know what you, is it is it the universe? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm not testing you. I'm just curious. No, not by you. Um, no, I think this is right now where I'm at is like the ultimate test of what is mine and what is someone else's. Um, through all of the coaching experiences and you know energy work and things like that, that I've done, I've recognized that, well, this is something we really don't talk about in society, that there is a lot passed down. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just like an, a bad habit of like whistling all the time or something, you know, it, there's a lot of things that are truly ingrained in our DNA that are passed down and that right there was really freeing to recognize and to really be able to see, um, you know, there were, there were, there are life events that happened before me where I can see, Oh, that was big trauma that was passed down. Mm -hmm. But also, you know, my, my dad's, um, grandparents or great grandparents were both of them were, um, had to flee their home country to the, mm. to the United States um, because their safety was at risk because their home countries were um, in, in the midst of war. Um, I'm As I'm like at clearing the space that we're on because it's, it is a farm, um, I'm <laughs> recognizing like the, the farm mentality and the far, farmer, uh, I don't know if trauma is the right word, but trauma stories Mm -hmm. um, passed down. So there's a lot of scarcity and um, needing to save and needing to always be prepared for a rainy day and things like that. Um, And then I'm also, I guess the biggest thing is having that knowledge of like the actual science that stuff gets passed down stories, trauma, all of the things gets passed down um, to future generations and then being able to see it in my own. So for instance, right now, my mom is transitioning my grandmother to a nursing home and there's a lot of trans, there's a lot of things that are coming up and a lot of, um, challenges. And so I'm now able to see, oh, that's really interesting. That story that I had this mindset about seems to be a pattern within the family. Mm. So if that's the case, it's probably not mine. And you and I have done some really amazing Akashic readings that mm, ancestors has have shown up. Um, and that has been really powerful for me because um, I was raised Catholic and it did not align with me. Um, and so to be able to see that spiritual ancestral side, that really resonates with me. That is impactful for me. Um, so I think that's where between the science and, and the readings and, and that energy work, um, it's really given me examples um, I mean, like there's, there's so many times that I was like, oh, Angelica said this. And, you know, I would say something to my family and they're like, well, this happened in the family. And, you know, was that what she was referencing? And it was spot on. Or when I've been in sound healing situations where, you know, the practitioner is like, this grandmother figure keeps coming up and she looks like this. And, you know, she has this to say. And I'm like, that's my dad's, that's my dad's mom. She, I'm, I'm named after her. My middle name is Teresa. I'm, you know, and she's somebody I never even knew. She died way before I was born. So to be able to feel those connections, I think has been really powerful. So I've always had a really strong connection with the earth, but I've our ancestors are are part of this earth, are part of the world. So to be able to not have to interpret 
my family's behavior or actions and think, what does that mean? Or, you know, why do I keep doing this um, in relationships or whatever? To have those connections and to to hear it straight from our ancestors has been really, really powerful for me. Um, And then it's a muscle, really, really practicing and I mean, even right now, I'm (laughs) like today, (laughs) earlier today, I was like, I don't know whose story this is. I don't know what the story is. Um, You know, and I think that, I I don't know if you've ever read any of Marie Kondo's books, but um, there's a lot of science behind like the physical act of clearing space stirs up a lot in in our um, mental headspace. So... I kept thinking back to her and and I was like, I don't like, I couldn't identify the physical feeling and the story. Um, and it was really bothering me. And so I decided I was going to do what I do best and, and what I was being called to do in that moment. And that was to put my hands in the soil, to go plant part of my garden, um, to create beauty mm. versus clearing and cleaning up and taking away the ugly, I guess, for for lack of a better word. Um, And and sometimes that's what it takes is just like needing to be able to take that step back. Um, And maybe I don't have to figure out the story right now, but I've shifted the story. Thank you for taking us through your process. That's really profound. So profound. And I, I think I'm reading between your words here, but one of the biggest aspects of doing this ancestral work and having that recognition of the patterns. And I, I resonate with this because the scarcity mm-hmm. wound came up when my parents came to visit this weekend or a couple weekends ago. And my dad refused to pay five cents for a paper bag. So he used umbrella bags to carry his items. Um, (laughs) That's not scarcity. I don't know what is. Um, But part of that work is realizing, I mean, I think it's inherent. Once you recognize, oh, it's not me. There's, that opens up the possibility of self-forgiveness when the pattern surfaces again. And, And all healing work needs to start with self-forgiveness or else it's a constant frustration and internal battle going on. Um, so I'm so glad that this has become, a, I don't want to like a new pattern for you, a new cycle. And what's really beautiful is that even when the pattern isn't familiar and hasn't shown its face yet, you recognize this isn't me still. I don't, like you said, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know the actual story. And the next step of, what would feel good for me right now? That's a big piece. Um, And it's interesting as you're saying that, I think it's really interesting because I'm able to more identify like the the familiar, familial stories, but then also taking it into relationships. So with my partner and with people I work with and things like that of, now now it's like, okay, I flexed that muscle and I've strengthened it with the family and because that's ingrained in me. Um, now how can I practice the self-forgiveness and space Mm -hmm. to forgive others and, and give them space to forgive themselves? Um, is like the next step or the next, the next, Yeah. Yeah, it's the next step in the journey, um, which is really because then you get into their stuff, <laughs> their past, their down stuff. Which is oh, always like, oh god, when you can see it and they can't. <laughs> oh my goodness, relationships! If they're not the perfect mirror of our internal struggles, then I don't know what is. Yeah, perfect. You want to know what's going on inside of you? Just start dating. 
<laughs> it's right. In well, front and of even you. with with the people that um, you surround yourself with, I know yes. you know both both of us being coaches. There are so many coaches you can surround yourself with, and so many different you know people that you can be around, and and just you know friends and and people in general, but sometimes you don't even know that their story is creeping into yours. So mm-hmm. when, you know, I'm trying to up-level my business in my headspace, sometimes the people that I love and adore, but are, you know, are, are not, how do I want to say this? Um, they're not in that same space. So their story can carry over. And I think what comes up for me the most is with finance. So I think um, we both work with a lot of women and being a strong financially independent woman is something we all crave, but there's a lot of us that have that scarcity mindset. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm trying to break those old patterns or, I'm trying to write a new story surrounding myself with the people that have, have a, a, a different story or a more positive story or, um, you know, are up leveling in the same way that I am is, is really important because even though you love and adore these people and there's nothing, they're not harming you. Um, it's, it's that energy and that it's, it's very easy for all of us to pick up on other people's stories, society's story, the news story, you know, whatever, like, and I think for empaths, um, especially it's very easy to feel all of that energy. I, I think that's also one of the biggest like realizations that has, has helped me grow is that I, inherently take on other people's energy so to be able to set those boundaries and to be able to recognize what's not mine and let it go has been so freeing and given me so much more space to be able to focus on the things that I love and what makes me me and help me grow Hmm. That's beautiful I actually just learned this term with Jennifer crude boss I believe she was my guest on the fourth episode. It's this term called an expander and it's somebody or some group in which you surround yourself with who are currently doing the things that you aspire to do so that it seems less tenuous, strenuous, tenuous, tenuous, strenuous. And it, it seems that much more attainable to, to be around them. Um, and certainly I've noticed a big difference when I put myself in those scenarios. I mean, mm-hmm. hell, I wouldn't have this podcast if I didn't know 20 other people who were podcasting. I, mm-hmm. I, at one point I called it, I didn't know what podcasts were and I referred to it as national radio. <laughs> Angelica's national radio. I like Angelica's that. national radio. <laughs> um, so, and then, you know, being in these, these corners, I'm like, wow, this is, this is like, this can be normal. This doesn't have to be this big thing. Same with, you know, writing a book, mm-hmm. putting yourself in a room full of authors who are expanders and room being virtual, of mm-hmm. course, especially at this point. <laughs> um, but certainly expanders are, are powerful and you hit the nail on the head, especially for somebody who's a highly sensitive person who identifies as either an HSP or an empath or, or really, you know, um, very good at picking up other people's energies, whether or not you take them on, but you can sense them. It's so profound to purposely put yourself in an environment in which you'll, you'll thrive. Right. I love that you just said that because I was, I wouldn't say a classified is kind of a strong word, um, but as a highly sensitive person, as a kid, and it was a negative thing. And it was, you know, a challenge for my parents. It, it was not viewed as um, a gift or 
I mean, empathy, yes, but highly sensitive, no, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And because I was never, I had no experience with energy or anything like that, that wasn't part of my, my family's knowledge. Um, I didn't recognize it until years later. I mean, if I, I like could feel that some people drained me and things like that, um, or some people really lifted me up, but now to recognize that there's some skill in it and there's boundaries and it can be positive, um, is really powerful. And that there's so many people out there just like me in that respect, Um, you know, again, that community piece is really important. Huge. Speaking of community, (laughs) I know what it's like to be in your presence, but I'm curious to know as an expander yourself, (laughs) as somebody who holds community sacred, what is your unique magic in the world? Oh goodness. Um, my unique magic in the world is holding space for other people to create the space that they crave. So whether that's the emotional space or the physical space, and quite often it usually goes hand in hand. So whether you're here on the farm with me or you're in my self-care CSA, or you're my one-on-one client and we're creating this magical retreat for you to come home to and just be whatever you need to be. Um, That's, yeah, that's me. And I, and it's really fun to say that because I've done that my whole life. It didn't have a label for so long. Um, But yeah, my work is truly a culmination of my life experience and my passion. That's beautiful. You've got such a unique service to give the world combining, gosh, combining really nature, space, it's internal and external healing and the reflection of both and how they enter intertwine. I don't know anybody else who does that. It's truly profound. Thank you. It's really fun. (laughs) Yeah, it is a lot of fun. It's (laughs) certainly needed. What's what's the vision you have for the world? Mm. So I primarily focus my attention on women um, because I just, I, I love sisterhood. I, I, have no sisters. <laughs> I'm, I'm one of five, but uh, I'm the only girl. Um, <laughs> but I, oh wait, can you say it again? So I actually, yeah, your vision for the world. Yeah. My vision. Okay. So my vision is really to offer women opportunities to live more in the feminine by being more creative and really um, honoring their needs the same way that we do or the same way that we honor other people's needs. Mm. So, I mean, you can go down any rabbit hole with theory and and all of that of, of, of why we women do the things that we do. Um, But now more than ever, especially with COVID, um, especially with mental health, all of those things, I, I just want to be able to hold space for women and, and for their kids. I mean, this not excluding men, but I think that you know, women are the nurturers. Women women have so much fuel and fire to be able to mm-hmm. share this, you know, nurturing creative space and not coming from a like, oh, mom has to take care of the family sense, but like our inherent female feminine qualities that are so pushed down from the productivity, um, go, go, go society kind of norm. And I want to see the next generation come from, come into their own in a more um, nurturing way. And I also, for the love of the planet, like the, Mm. the fact that we are so disconnected from the planet is why we have 
climate crises. Um, the more we can be in connection with ourselves and with our communities and with nature, the more the more power we have. You know, the more we are aware of what's going on in nature and how we interact with nature, the more we can support each other and let nature support us. And the same with our communities. The more we're aware of what's going on in our communities, the more we can work together and we can create things together. And I just think that getting your hands in the soil, whether it's inside or outside, is such an amazing opportunity to open the door to all these conversations. Um, and I say that from personal experience, that was that was literally the first door that was open to me to figure out how to navigate my mental health and my family dynamics and all of those things. So yeah, it's, it's creating beauty, but it's doing it together and being creative. And there's so much that, that comes up that you can move through and grow with pun intended. <laughs> so yeah, I've got a big vision. <laughs> you do. It's not, I, I would say it's big, but it's true. It's true. And it's not that far off. That's no, the thing. It really is. It's really very realistic. And, and that's the biggest piece with my, my one-on-one service. And, and I guess with my, my CSA too, is that I offer opportunities to meet where you're at. Um, my CSA is flowers and herbs and recipes and different self-care tools. And okay, so you have it's once a month. You have time for once a month to give yourself this beautiful bouquet of flowers and learn to cook some fun new recipe with the herbs that you get. And then you've got, you know, one-on-one, maybe you want to, you know, take over your whole backyard and transform it into this beautiful oasis, or you have a tiny porch or your bedroom or your office, you know, your home office that just is stagnant. I think that as much as we're afraid of change, little things like creating more awareness and create strengthening connections lead to more self-care, which leads to care for the rest of the world. Beautiful. I'd love to slightly pivot a little bit and talk for those who ears are getting perked about self-care CSA. What is that? And what is healing spaces and What does it look like to work one-on-one with Kate? Oh my goodness. So my business motto um, is really about um, working with the seasons and cycles. So the, the seasons in nature, but also the seasons of our lives. And so throughout times of the year, I offer different opportunities, um, in the fall and in the winter, kind of that, that, oh, I've, I've, I've sparked your interest. And, you know, I just, I want to start thinking about things a little differently. Um, I have this amazing book club, but in the summer, my time is spent outside. So that goes away and the CSA comes in and I wish I could ship it to every human being because I think it's amazing. Um, but it's for Vermont residents only, unfortunately. Um, but it's it's this really fun opportunity for women and families um, to pick up a huge bouquet of herbs and flowers every month, along with weekly recipes to um, really kind of excite our ex- how do I want to say this? <laughs> um, get us excited about food again. So I think especially now with, the, you know, we've had to cook at home for so long with the pandemic. And and I think just society in general, we're pretty disconnected from what we put in our bodies. And for me, herbs um, really are an easy way to like, oh, that's a really interesting flavor, you know, up level kind of um what we're eating. And, and again, more sensory experiences. So all of the things that I do have something to do with a sensory experience. Um, 
yeah. And then I've got like this sweet local connection of amazing women, um, growers and makers and chefs that all of the participants get to add on sweet, delicious things and yummy self-care products along the way for whenever they need it. Um, and then healing space is my baby is not even the right word, like star seed, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I think is the right word. This has been growing inside of me my whole life. Um, and it's really fun to be able to really articulate it and put it into words and put it out there in the world because if there was one thing that was true to me, healing space is. And that is working one-on-one, whether it's virtually or in person, to take you from conception to completion um, with transforming a physical space that you want to better use, but also into this dreamy space that you crave being in. We, you know, especially being at home so much these days, um, I think a lot of people have started to recognize how important the physical surroundings are. Um, So I take women on this guided journey um, where we start really with um, an inventory and and kind of assessing where you are and what season in your life you're in, what are you trying to achieve? So as much as it is about creating the physical space, it's also creating the mental space and mental and physical space to up-level, to be able to go wherever you're really craving to go. So some people I work with are, you know, really wanting to connect more with, with their food and, you know, eating better. And some people want a yoga and meditation space or a space that they can unwind with their family and have a great meal. Or it's my bedroom is, is, you know, I'm, I'm a healthcare worker and it's the only thing that I see in my house half the time because I'm working so much and coming home to a space that, fills up your cup so that you can go on with the rest of your day, but also feel like you're, or, you know, the rest of your life, but also feel like you're able to grow and and move forward in um, is, is really the magic of it all. But yeah, I've combined my, my step-by-step landscape design and install skills with um, my health and wellness coaching, you know, really seamlessly to, offer women space to think about their their health and wellness and prioritize self-care and have the space to promote that you know when we say we want to meditate every day or we want to cook better or whatever if we don't have the tools and opportunities and the reminders to do that on a daily basis we're less likely to make it a priority so if you have a space that is so nourishing and so welcoming to cook in or to take a bath and unwind in we're more likely to do those self-care pieces that are so important physical space can be an expander too exactly Mm. awesome so if our listeners are thinking okay I'm still interested. Where can they find you? Or if they just want to be in your energy, where can they spend some time in your magic? Mm, I am a very visual person. So I'm mostly on Instagram. And yeah, I that that's where you can reach me. Feel free to slide into my DMs whenever you want. Um, I try to post a lot of pictures. <laughs> um, right now I'm a little quiet because uh, I'm a little busy, but yeah, send me a DM. Um, Wild Birch Wellness is my handle and you can also find my website, wildbirchwellness.com, but Instagram is definitely most accessible for sure. Yeah. Currently my favorite spot too. Oh, this has been so much fun. And 
not, I feel like it's more than fun. There is definitely (laughs) healing in your words and in your energy. And I know that there's plenty of listeners out there who from this session alone are leaving a different version of themselves. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending this time with me and for sharing yourself with the world. I, it's, it's been such a pleasure and I can't thank you enough. Thank you. This has been, it's fun to reflect, but also to be able to chat with you and and share this powerful stuff with the world. So thank you for holding space. Bolden.